Good morning, people. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about how do you get through to someone who's got dyslexia. I know we've got a few partners that listen to this podcast, and many of us who are already dyslexic, uh, we've got a lot of dyslexic friends or ADHD friends, and it helps to be able to cut through and get your message into their brain. As you know, a lot of us struggle with this. So let's dig into it. Okay, so let's dig into this. One of the things I've been thinking about, which I like to do, is to think about things and to try them out, um, is how do you get through to the mind of someone with dyslexia? You know, I, I really do enjoy coaching people. Um, I'm good at it to a point, but I'm always learning and improving because that's what we do. We have a love for growth. Um, and one of the things I've really been becoming a bit conscious of is going unconscious and also what gets through into my brain because if you're like me you'll have moments where you're chatting to someone and you're ahead of them in the conversation so they get to 70 80 percent of what they're saying and you've already filled in the last 20 percent of the gap you already you've already processed it and you're ready to answer the question or talk back to them before they've even finished you've imagined this next step and uh you're kind of just waiting for them to finish so you can say your piece now tell me if that now just tell yourself if that feels true at any point now i'm not saying this is all the time but it's probably more than more often than not um, when you're having certain conversations. You can also find as well that if if whatever someone's saying to you is kind of something you feel like, okay, that's not new, or you're not really listening, you're kind of already at that next stage, you have an automatic unconscious uh, response. And I do this a bit. I'll say something like, I know, and then move on to what I want to say. Or, you know, there's a bunch of different, you can have so many responses. There's no set one. It's whatever you've trained yourself to do. Um, but it's a really unconscious response. It means you're not actually consciously listening and then replying. And you're going to find this a lot how you, in, in what you're doing because naturally for 95% of the day you're going to be unconscious. Um, but uh, the challenge with the dyslexic mind again is that when we are unconscious, we're not always listening fully to what someone's saying. And we're not always letting that get through into our um, our perception. We've already made a decision very quickly. Our brain's already decided if it's going to accept that as truth or uh, understand something new. Um, or that it's just going to let it go. And that happens a lot. What that can lead to is sometimes, I think, stunted learning and stunted growth. And because we like to grow... We don't want to be stunted in that, although we do it to ourselves time and time again. And I find this myself, um, is that I can be very unconscious when I'm replying. And it's not done to be mean or rude. There's no um, negative intention. It's just the way my mind works and how it operates as a whole. So it's very important to start to become a little conscious of when you're when you're doing this. Now, if your partner's doing it to you, you can recognize it in them. Um, if you're doing it to someone else, it's important just to notice what your trigger words are, what your automatic response words are. Because when you can pick those out, and there's usually a few phrases, maybe one, two, could be three, that you have as your autopilot response. And when you start notice yourself doing it again and again, usually means you're either overtired or you're disorientating out of the conversation or, you know, sometimes it's not stimulating enough. Sometimes you're just not in the mood for long, deep conversations. You just can't. 
you know um and other times you know you can actually be enjoying it it's it's not wrong to say these things you can be really enjoying it but it's just important to recognize it because when you start saying that you're not actually taking in truly what the other person's saying now something i i've tried and and again i'm by no means perfect at this nine times out of ten probably 99 times out of 100 i just go into automatic mode but that one time out of 100 where i recognize it what i try and do especially if it's something that interests me is i will um, try and picture what's being said Um, so if i focus instead of the words on how do i turn that into a picture in my mind um, what happens is i do end up listening to the end of the of what's being said and it helps you know and that picture could be me in the picture doing what we're talking about could be someone else could be anything but I try and turn the words into a pic like a movie in my head and I found that very helpful Uh, so that's one way to consider it the second thing as well if you're talking to someone with dyslexia or someone's talking to you and you can actually let them know this of how it's going to work is when someone gives you a piece of advice you need them to add a purpose and an experience to it now what do I mean by that now this is something that you'll notice what what sticks in your brain and what doesn't and I was sitting down chatting with Holly yesterday and we were talking about um, trying to get rid of this couch this which woohoo is gone someone has taken it um, they're very happy with it it's sitting in their rumpus room um, which is like their den and they're absolutely loving it which is great and it's taken a huge weight off my shoulders so that's just an aside but makes Stephen very happy um, but what what I noticed was interesting is when we were discussing it and I was asking her for her thoughts I could see her go off to try and solve the problem because that's what we do we're natural problem solvers um, and what she did is she said have you tried these guys called junk to go and if she'd have just finished the conversation with that I probably wouldn't have taken it on board at all or even considered it. Now, it didn't work out with this company, but I actually did contact them. Now, I did actually listen to what she was saying. Now, I do have a lot of trust with Holly, so that's a, that's a plus. But that, to be honest, wasn't the reason I listened. What she then said is, basically, she went, in my experience, we've tried a, I've tried a lot of different people, and they were the most affordable and efficient and effective. And where you used to use them when an apartment building needed to um, have a bunch of rubbish removed and they were really good and, and you know, you could rely on them because she could hear that my biggest challenge was I was not finding a reliable solution. So she gave me um, the reason or the purpose that she had done it for, which was to clear out an apartment and also um, a story about how they used it. Now that really cut through and that was absolutely awesome in how it broke through into my brain. And you're going to find this a lot is, you know, for information to break through from someone who's teaching you, they have to put a purpose or a why behind it. Why is this actually even worth you listening to? And you can't presume the other person's going to work that out because I don't actually think we're great at it. You know, we can put the the dots and the strings together on, on the, the logistical, the technical information, and we can think we know it or understand it, but it doesn't mean we actually understand the why behind it. And that's what usually is our motivating factor to take on new information or make an action. The next thing is using stories. More stories, story, story, stories is so important um, because it engages us. So for me, like if I was teaching someone a story about the couch experience, 
you know, I, I would start by saying, you know, when we decided to move out, one of the biggest challenges was this giant brown couch. It was one of those corner couches. It was really plush. Even had one of those cool footstools that you could just move around and put your feet up, sit in front of the television and relax. Absolutely cool couch. But it had seen better days. When we first got it, we actually bought it for about $80. And I remember trying to get it out of this woman's house. She had this ranch slider and myself and a and an Irish lad were trying to get it out um, into this truck. And I just remember the challenges, like we were tripping over and trying not to break it. And, you know, we got it into the house and it, it lived with us for three and a half years. But it was coming to that end where I had to move out of this house. And one of the challenges was one of the seats had broken. So it wasn't really perfect, needed a bit of work. There was a few tears on the leather. And it wasn't really great. So it was hard to sell it for a lot of money. And we'd, we'd only paid a little bit of money for it. It wasn't really worth that much to us. So, But where I really valued was getting rid of it without having to pay for rubbish removal. It felt terrible to throw away a couch that could be used by someone who would get great value out of it. So I decided down a track of putting it on TradeMe, which is like our eBay. And I thought, hey, this is going to work. I'll put it on for just $10. Someone will want it for $10. A week later, no one wanted it for $10. <laughs> so I really tried. I then was told a great bit of advice around putting it on Facebook. And I tried it on Facebook and I got a huge amount of interest. 20, 30 people so quickly responding. But very quickly they would message me, not having read the ad... And they would expect, they, they would just stop messaging. They wouldn't say no, they would just stop messaging. And it really made me think, are people that selfish that they can't even message back when they don't want something? I got really disenchanted. And then finally, on the day before we had to get it moved, I had to pay for someone to move it. I found this little local group around where I lived on Facebook and I put it in there. And I knew the good thing about that is that when you contact people local, you know they're close by. So that giant trip to pick it up didn't seem that hard. So I started getting messages. But then again, I, I got confirmations, but they never showed up. They never turned up to pick it up. And my heart was, was really waning. I finally got a guy to chat to who was really passionate about picking up. I just had this feeling, you know when you've got that energy about someone actually following through. I had that energy about this guy, so I managed to get him to come and he agreed. But just as he agreed, I had someone else who had already said they'd come and pick up, who had already given the address to, say, oh, I'm back now, I could come and pick it up. My heart stopped. You know when you, know when you have that energy in your stomach and you've got two things, you're not quite sure how to deal with it, you don't want to let them down and you know, it just becomes very overwhelming and stressing. I had that feeling in my gut where I was just trying to do something good. I was trying to look after everyone, but just didn't feel like it was working. Luckily, I was out for dinner and I turned my phone off and just, I said, it'll be what it'll be. And that's really hard to do. It's really hard to sometimes disconnect and let the world just continue around you and know that it doesn't really matter what happens, the world will continue. When I turned my phone back on and actually had a good look at it this morning, I had a message from the guy. And the guy I'd wanted it to pick up, picked it up. And he told me how happy he is with it and thanked me because it was the perfect thing for him. And so it all worked out.
And the moral of that story is that things are going to happen at their own pace. You can't control people outside of you. You can't push your values onto other humans to get them to take action. You sometimes actually just got to leave it up to the world, the universe, energy, whatever you want to call it. And you've got to take a breath, turn your phone off, disconnect, and let time play its part. Okay, so that's just an example of a story I've made up on the go. Um, but you can see how a story like that can get across a message. I think we need more fairy tales for dyslexics um, because we, we would get a lot of um, value. I'm pretty sure we learnt a lot more from fairy tales than anyone else in the world. But I just want to share that. There's, you know, learning how to get through to your own brain and helping other people understand how to get through to your brain, it's really powerful. So you've got a partner, teach them, give them to listen to this podcast if you like. But if they can start to work out how to um, break through um, what we may sometimes deem stubbornness, um, but just using the right key to the lock, shall we say, you will find a lot more value in your life. I hope this has been valuable and I'll be back tomorrow. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you've enjoyed it, uh, and you're enjoying it, um, I really appreciate any of the reviews that you give me on the podcasting platform you listen to, iTunes, I'm not sure if you can do it on Spotify, any of those cool tools, I really do appreciate it, and thank you guys for sharing the message, it really helps other people just like you.